Welcome to People Tech, the podcast of the HCM Technology Report. I'm Mark Pfeffer. Today, I'm talking with Dan Kessler, the president of Energage. They research and analyze employee sentiment with an eye toward its use in employer branding. We're going to talk about how hiring has changed and the impact that's had on employer brands, what makes a top workplace, and things to consider when telling the story of your culture. All that and more on this edition of People Tech. Hi, Dan. And tell me briefly about Energage. Yeah, so a few things about Energage, Mark, that I think are important for you and the audience to know. First and foremost is that we are a purpose-driven business. So our purpose is to make the world a better place to work together. And that really drives and informs everything we do. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the B Corporation movement, which is really about uh, focusing on not just profit, but also positive impact on society and, and the world at large. And so there are thousands of B Corps around the world. We were actually one of the first 20. Um, so really proud of that. Um, in terms of what we do, quite simply, um, what we do as a business is we build and brand top workplaces. Um, and the way that we do that is we gather feedback from employees and we turn that into value um, for the customers that we work with. Um, there's really two fundamental ways that we think about turning feedback into value. Um, the first is one that's probably most commonly understood by folks, which is really focused internally on an organization's culture. So think about, you know, you want to measure employee engagement, you want to understand what drives it, and you want to enable teams to take action to improve it. So that's kind of internal value that we deliver through feedback. The thing that we do that that maybe is a little less intuitive for folks is we take that same feedback and we almost turn it inside out so that customers can articulate their employer brand and what makes their culture unique to candidates. Because, you know, what we believe is who's better to share what makes a company unique and why a culture is a great place to work or a top workplace than the employees themselves. So we take that authentic voice of employee feedback and allow companies to articulate their employee value proposition by those who who really know it best. Now, you've begun to work with um, USA Today yeah. on, top, on a top workplace list. So tell me, how did that come about and what are you trying to identify? In other words, to you guys, what's a top workplace? Yeah, so so I'll answer that in a, in a couple different ways, Mark. So we've um, been recognizing top workplaces uh, across the United States for really as long as we've been in business. So the roots of our company are really in this concept of employer recognition and providing that external validation um, that that one is an employer of choice. So it's really core to, to what we do. Until um, fairly recently, we've always done that from a regional approach. So we have about um, 60 partnerships at the regional level with folks like the Washington Post, the Boston Globe, San Francisco Chronicle, Chicago Tribune, sort of you name it where once a year, those publications are going to celebrate and honor the top workplaces in their region. And we have always been the research partner, gathering that feedback um, and, and providing that research for our editorial partners to publish that data. 
what we've seen is that, especially as the hiring landscape has changed, while certainly hiring is still very localized um, and, and there's a big regional component to it, obviously, as we've shifted to more remote work, hiring has become um, more diversified geographically. So for a few years now, we've been trying to figure out how to provide opportunities for companies to really talk about their employer brand and what makes them stand out on a national level. Um, and we've been looking for the right partner to really help us amplify that and feel really fortunate um, that we've been able to, to link up with our friends at USA Today um, who are going to be publishing our Top Workplaces USA award winners uh, this upcoming March. Now, you asked, uh, I think, a, a really important question, which is, so what does it take to be a top workplace and how do we figure that out? And um, we'll, we'll go into a bit more detail on that in a sec, but just to kind of ground it, you know, there's a lot of different awards that companies can win um, for various things, including for their culture. And if you think about it, there's sort of a few different ways that we've seen these awards be determined, right? So one is um, essentially an essay writing contest. Um, and typically that award goes to the company that has the best writers on staff. Um, you know, may or may not have anything to do with the culture, but they've got a really good writer. Um, second thing that you'll see is is more of like a, a, a voting style. This probably dates me a bit, but like an American Idol type of reference or something like that, right? Which is basically a popularity contest um, and typically is going to go to the company that has really effective marketing. We take a different approach, which is we believe the best way to determine the quality of a culture is to simply ask the employees what they think of it and to use quantitative data um, that we've determined over our 15 years of research from 70,000 organizations, over 25 million employees as, as to how to measure employee engagement, and maybe even more importantly, what actually drives employee engagement. And I'll talk about that in a sec. But fundamentally, Mark, the way that um, we determine whether you're a top workplace or not is because your employee said that you are based on quantitative data. And I can talk, if, if it'd be helpful, I can talk a little bit about what exactly we measure, but I just wanted to sort of paint that picture that, you know, there's different ways you can earn these awards. And, and we believe it's quantitative data from the employees themselves. What, what is it that you're looking for? Um, I guess, you know, what I wanted to ask was, are, are there common themes that yes. you're finding among the, among the companies? But let's 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 start at the beginning no, 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 that's great. let's start at the beginning so so let me just kind of walk you through um kind of what we measure uh quite simply because these are the criteria that we use to evaluate uh whether a company is a top workplace or not and um we think about it in terms of almost a, a hierarchy or a pyramid if you will um where you know, the ultimate goal is to have engaged employees. And the reason for that is because there's lots of research out there, ours included, that shows that if you can improve em employee engagement, you're going to have better productivity, right? You're going to have higher profitability, lower turnover, more efficient recruitment, all these things. Um, the way that we measure employee engagement is really three things. It's, you know, motivation. So am I motivated to, to do my best work? Um, am I loyal, right? So am I looking for another job? And then, and then referral. So am I sort of that employee net promoter score? Am I willing to refer a friend or colleague? Um, and it's this concept of, you know, say, stay, strive um, is how we think about employee engagement. Now, those three components are in and of themselves, not actually, not actually very actionable, right? They're more 
outputs of a really strong culture. So our research and what we've kind of honed in on over the years is what are the things that are most closely correlated with that output of employee engagement? And frankly, what are things that are going to be actionable for companies? Um, and that's where we kind of think about it as sort of this hierarchy that really builds on the employee experience. So first and foremost is really the individual employee's experience, um, which is about things like, uh, you know, pay, benefits, um, work-life flexibility, right? It's very personal to that individual employee's experience in an organization. And, and what we're looking for there is our employees essentially fairly valued, right? The next thing we look at is really more about the relationship of the frontline manager and the individual employee. Um, so it's things like, you know, do I feel appreciated? Um, is the company open to my ideas? Am I getting training? Am I learning? Am I growing? Right. Things that really tend to take place within that relationship of the frontline manager and the employee. And then the next level up are things that tend to be more um, influenced by senior leadership teams and executive teams. So things like, are we um, aligned around the direction of the business? Are we operating by strong values? Is there a sense of meaning in our work? Um, and then similarly, just how does the work actually get done, right? A lot of that comes down to communication, right? Do we communicate um, up in terms of senior leaders actually understanding what's really going on on the front lines? And are we communicating down so that I, as a frontline employee, do I actually understand um, and, and feel informed about what's happening in terms of things that impact my role? And then just basically, is it easy to get work done or is there just a lot of friction in the organization in terms of how we just work with each other, both within our teams and across departments? So all of those components, Mark, over the years, we've you know really refined literally how we word the statements to, to determine you know what's most closely correlated with engagement. And you know part of our proprietary methodology is that we then look at all that data quantitatively, come up with a score to then determine you know where are the top workplaces um, across the country. And, and part of what we're able to do is benchmark that by industry, by company size, because again, this may be obvious um, to you and your listeners, but frankly, it's just, it's more difficult to maintain a strong culture as you grow, right? Mm -hmm. Like we, the reason, like we don't survey 10 person companies because it's like, you should just be able to get into a room and have a conversation with 10 people. Again, not easy, right? Once you have two people working together, there can be complexity. Um, but there's a big difference in terms of what it takes to maintain a strong culture at 50 people versus 500 versus 5,000. Do you love news about LinkedIn, Indeed, Google, and just about every other recruitment tech company out there? Hell yeah. I'm Chad. I'm Cheese. We're the Chad and Cheese Podcast. All the latest recruiting news and insights are on our show. Dripping in snark and attitude. Subscribe today wherever you listen to your podcasts. We, we out. The companies that you've got, that, you, that you've listed, it's a pretty wide variety of sectors and, and industries. It, it seems like there's certain things that are common. Uh, among all of these companies, which which makes me think that, you know, if you're going to be an engaging employer, if, if you're going to have a good culture, that's not something that's necessarily industry specific. It's really more about human nature. Am, am I right about that? Um, yes and no is, of course, the answer. Um, so you're, you're, you're right about that in the sense that when we look at the things that we measure that are most closely correlated with engagement, 
a lot of those things that I basically a lot of those things that I just mentioned, um, specifically around the strength of a manager, around clarity of direction, around appreciation, around values, right? Those things are important regardless of industry, um, regardless of company size, right? So there is absolutely some consistency, which is why, frankly, we measure um, you know, the same statements as a as kind of core, regardless of the industry and company size. That said, I think we recognize that um, as leaders, you need to be cognizant of your business strategy, your unique culture. And I'll give you just like, you know, a real example of that. Part of what we do is we do a lot of work with quantitative data. Um, obviously, that's kind of the core of our business. That's what determines top workplaces. We also collect a lot of qualitative data in that we get a lot of open-ended employee comments that we are able to deliver for both sides of that value that we talked about, both the positive stuff of externally celebrating what your employees love about your culture, as well as you know, areas for improvement and opportunity. And we, we, we run essentially some sentiment analysis to sort of understand common words and themes that come up. And the, and the way that we like to articulate this is, you know, imagine um, there are some really unhappy employees because, and they use the word, this culture is too fast paced. And I don't, I don't like it, right? It's too, it moves too fast. We change too quickly. Well, if you're in a high growth tech company, for example, that sort of comes with the territory. So it may just be, you don't like that, but it may just be that that's what that culture needs to deliver on that strategy. Whereas a government agency, for example, is maybe not aspiring to be fast paced and having lots of change or a security agency or whatever it is. Um, so as you get into some of those nuances about industry, what we're always trying to do is connect that feedback to what the business is actually trying to accomplish, right? It's not feedback in and of itself. It's about, you know, what are our goals, both from a, a retaining the current team, as well as trying to find, you know, the right best talent to drive the business forward. Now, you think a lot about employee branding. I'm sorry, employer branding. Employer, yeah. And I'm wondering, how does all of this fit into an employer brand? It put another way, how should companies be thinking about the questions you're asking and how they fit into employer brand. Yeah. So, so a couple of things on that. So we, you know, over the years that we've been at this, um, there's one thing that we're just seeing Mark, and I assume you're seeing the same thing is just an increasing awareness of employer brand, that it's an important thing that requires time and energy from HR teams, marketing teams, executive teams to really frankly have a point of view on what your employer brand is um, and, and, and put time and energy in that. So just, just know that in general, that's something that we've been thinking about a lot for a long time. And we feel like the market is starting to catch up in terms of putting focus on it. Um, what's really, really interesting, and this is some, some kind of recent hot off the presses research we've done is, um, th there seems to be a little bit of a disconnect in terms of what, how employers feel they're doing at communicating their culture to candidates versus what candidates are experiencing. And, and the data we have that supports that is that we asked um, both employers and job seekers whether they feel the company culture is clearly articulated in the hiring process. So we asked, you know, is your culture being clearly articulated, right? And what do you think happened? Well, 80% of employers said, absolutely, 
right? We're nailing it. We are clearly communicating our culture. Uh, you know, candidates understand it, uh, you know, in the application process. Guess how many job seekers felt it was being clearly communicated? 30%. So that I think shows that, um, you know, folks are thinking about it, um, but there still is this disconnect between what's actually happening on the ground. And that's where, you know, what we believe and just kind of our point of view on this is, you know, you can say on your website, people are our greatest asset. Um, you know, we're an employer of choice. We have all these perks, you know, all this kind of stuff. None of that is differentiated or unique to your actual company. And so where we've, um, what we love doing and have seen a lot of positive feedback from is saying, look, here's what your employees had to say, even in cultures that look, no culture is perfect, right? That we're to your point, it's human nature, right? We're going to have, um, we're always going to have work to do, but even in cultures that may feel like they're really struggling, there's lots of challenges in their day to day. I can guarantee you there are some positive things going on in that organization. There are some things about that culture that are unique, that are worth celebrating. And that what we find is using that voice of employee as sort of the the catalyst, as the key foundation of your employer brand is going to accelerate your ability to draw in talent that's going to build that culture and shape that culture. How do you think employers can best convey this message? Is it about content marketing, you know, about the, the workplace? Is it one-on-one conversations with, you know, recruiters? Is it a mix of all of this? So I, I think the the it's certainly a mix of all those things. And again, I think this is where um first and foremost from our perspective is you need to be thinking about it and spending time on it. I think you know, what we see often is what I would call um sort of post and pray, uh, which is, you know, we write a job posting, we have a careers page, we put a bunch of stuff out there, we see what comes in. Um as opposed to really being thoughtful about what is the message that we're getting out there um, around not just what it's like to work at this company, Mark, but what's it even like to work in this specific department? And that's one of the other things that we've been doing that's been really interesting because we also recognize that while in any organization of scale, there's certainly a prevailing culture, right? But it is different to be a software engineer than a salesperson um, than a back office person, right? And so oftentimes those functional teams or geographic teams by location, there's some unique elements to those cultures. And so what we don't often see and what we've been um, really having, again, some success and some fun working on is working with recruitment and talent acquisition teams to say, you know, tell us about that team in Houston and what makes that team unique. Tell us about the culture of your engineering team and you know, what drives them. And let's use that, again, use that voice of employee feedback to articulate that. So it's um, from a, you know, what the actual tactics are, Mark, you know, I don't think there's any magic to that in terms of, you know, you want to have social media presence, you want to find your job seekers where they are. From our perspective, it's more, um, how can you get more and more authentic? Um, and I guess, yeah, basically just get more authentic with the content itself. So it speaks from the voice of the employee because people can see through the noise these days. Um, and if they feel like they're being sold to or, you know, it just it's not going to resonate. They want to hear the real deal. And we've, we even have, you know, it's been what was actually surprising to us, Mark, is 
We even have some companies who I wouldn't say air their dirty laundry, but we'll say, you know, here are some things actually we're not that good at from a culture perspective or we're working on and just know that, you know, we pr prioritize this over that. So that's who we are. So if that thing is really important to you, just know that that's not going to be a focus here. Um, and that was really a surprise because we thought everybody would just want to share, you know, all the good stuff. And um, and I think, you know, some organizations, you know, as, as we try to increase transparency or just being transparent about their culture as well. You know, I would, we, we think also a lot about what's important to job seekers before they accept a job um, and then what's important to them after they land. Um, and then from the employer's perspective, how can they best get um, a new employee kind of off and running, right? And and that's, again, where I think how we articulate the culture of the organization really comes into play. And so first, from the, from the job seeker's perspective, one of the things that we see is that um, when you're in that job seeking mode, um, when we talked about those fairly valued components of pay and benefits and, and work-life flexibility, they're actually really important in the recruiting process. Um, and, and understandably, folks spend a lot of time and energy thinking about that, and employers spend a lot of time and energy thinking about that. What happens once they kind of cross the threshold and enter the organization is those components become a lot less important. And our data proves that over and over again. And you know, you've seen the stats that you know you can pay somebody, you have to pay somebody basically more money to work at a really you know, unhealthy culture, essentially. Um, and it's those things that we talked about, about clarity of direction and values and meaning that become much more important when the job seeker is in the door. Similarly, from an employer, you know, the better job that I as an employer can do articulating what our culture is really like to that job seeker, the more, one, frankly, just the quality and success of my hiring is going to go up because presumably I'm going to screen out people who say, yeah, that's really not quite what I'm looking for. In addition, when that um, employee arrives, presumably in addition to your onboarding program and all that, they're going to be able to hit the ground running because they're going to say, all right, I know what I'm getting. My, this is a fast-paced organization. I get it. I got to be ready to run. Um, and, and here's kind of what, you know, what's expected of me. And so that's kind of, I guess, another component that we're thinking about in terms of, you know, how to make sure that as we communicate what the culture is really is really like through the voice of employee that it can kind of enhance the job seeker employer experience really all the way through that journey. Can you take me through the the candidate's perception of of all of this? I think you may have touched on this a bit, but when an employer is trying to get their brand message across, and they're you know they're presenting all of these communications. To the candidates, how are the candidates reacting to it? Are they are they feeling oversold to, or does it really depend on the execution? What's the thing that should be going through the employer's head as they plan this? It's an awesome question, Mark. And and I think you know what what we know is going on today a lot is that what job seekers are doing is they're going to a place like Glassdoor, and they're reading what's on there. Um, what we know and what HR teams know is that, frankly, that's an extraordinarily biased view of an organization's culture because there's no th there's no guarantee at all that those people posting on Glassdoor even ever worked at the company, right? And so 
Um, so the job seeker we know is going and looking at some of these external sources. Now, if they've got that in their mind and what they're getting from the employer is this generic, non-emotional, non-specific articulation of the culture, to your point, they're going to just assume that what's on Glassdoor is closer to the reality than whatever the recruiting teams are, are trying to pitch to them. On the flip side, if I'm an employer and I'm saying, let me show you um, this short you know, video of this employee talking about their culture, or let me share with you a couple of the things that our frontline employees have, have talked about this culture, and it's raw, and it's unfiltered, and it's not perfect, um, but it actually is real, and it gives you a sense of what these people are actually like and what makes them tick, and, you know, as a, as a job seeker, I'm going to be, I'm going to have a much more balanced understanding of what this culture is actually like. And it's the opportunity for the employer to, you know, counteract and and sort of combat some of these, what we believe are, are frankly more, not just biased, but just non-representative views that, that are out there that we know job seekers are going to be looking for. Well, Dan, thanks very much. It's, it's great to meet you. And this is really fascinating stuff. I hope you'll come back and we can talk some more about it. Would love that. Thank you so much, Mark. Really appreciate you giving us this opportunity. My guest today has been Dan Kessler, the president of Energage. And this has been People Tech, the podcast of the HCM Technology Report. We're a publication of Recruiting Daily. We're also a part of Evergreen Podcasts. To see all of their programs, visit www.evergreenpodcast.com. And to keep up with HR technology, visit the HCM Technology Report every day. We're the most trusted source of news in the HR tech industry. Find us at www.hcmtechnologyreport.com. I'm Mark Pfeffer. Faith in the news media has been challenged, making it even harder to get stories told. The Friday Reporter podcast was created to help audiences better understand the media by hosting journalists who will answer the questions to which we need answers. Join me every Friday to hear more. The world's best-known investor and Wall Street expert Warren Buffett once said, Wall Street is the only place that people ride to in a Rolls Royce to get advice from those who take the subway. Mr. Buffett's quote is remarkably accurate, but how many people would rather receive advice from him than someone simply guessing? Welcome to Buy, Hold, Sell, your single source for Wall Street knowledge and profitable guidance. Please join me, Todd Schoenberger, and fellow trader Tobin Smith, as well as host Veronica Dudo, for a podcast known to move the needle for investors. Tobin and I are seasoned Wall Street executives with deep investment experience, and we are prepared to share our advice to those who choose to listen. Download Buy, Hold, Sell today on the Evergreen Podcast Network or your favorite podcast channel.